Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds are talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. The smoothest show on internet radio. Your host, the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Sunday, June 26, 2016, and um, I am happy to be um, to talk to my guest today. So if you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on Russ Freeman's um, player there on the first page, and that will bring you into our profile page. Below that is the chat room. The phone number is 646 716 5485-646-716-5485. Grammy-nominated composer, artist, and founder of the Rippingtons, Russ Freeman and the Rippingtons are celebrating 30 years together and 22 albums and have released a 30th anniversary record called True Stories. Welcome to the show, Russ Freeman. Hey, Terry. How are you? I am doing well, sir. How are you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And congratulations to you and the Rippingtons on this uh, 30th anniversary. Well, it's really sweet, actually. And uh, we're so thankful that our fans have supported our newest CD. Uh, it just came out, actually, day before yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, they just told us it debuted at number one on iTunes. So we're, we're really uh, thankful to our fans for supporting us all these years. It's amazing. Wow. Congrats on that as well. Congrats. Man. Thank you. All right. All right. Welcome to the chat room, Joe from Germany. Hi, Joe. Good to see you again. So um, l- let me finish answering, answering your question before we went on the air. We were talking about Aliante Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas, where they have really picked up and stepped up with the jazz concerts, where the other casinos have kind of dropped um, that part of their lineup or their program. And I was telling Russ that Aliante Hotel and Casino has been bought. And so now we don't know if they are going to continue with the jazz concerts. So you were going to ask me, I think you were going to ask me when was the last concert? Yes, yes, ma'am. Last night, Najee. Najee performed last (laughs) night, yes. (laughs) Awesome. But there are other concerts scheduled, um, you know, up until September. I think the poolside concert ends in September there every Thursday, every fourth Thursday. And then mm-hmm. there are um, concerts in the showroom. Peter White is coming. Um, so there's some other concerts coming up in the showroom. Now, after the season, the jazz season is over with for them. We're just kind of, you know, waiting to see what's going to happen next year, whether the new owners are going to continue that and the concerts next year. Well, let's cross our fingers because it's a beautiful venue. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And they've done a great job in, in scheduling both mainstream and indie artists. And they are the only, you know, it's like the only casino here in Vegas that is doing that. So we hope that they will continue um, with that. The new owners will continue with that. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. Good. All right. So I want to um, read something that you said <laughs> regarding your 30th anniversary um, You said when I started the Rippingtons I never imagined it would last More than the release of one album Let alone 30 years 
So 30 years ago, when you released that debut album, what were you thinking then? Were you thinking maybe you didn't want to continue or you just wasn't sure? No, I just felt, well, (laughs) I just thought that uh, at that time there was no real smooth jazz. It didn't exist. There was no real market Mm -hmm. for it. And uh, we were kind of paving the way with this new sound. So I didn't know whether it would would be well-received and uh, whether we have opportunities to make new more 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 records, and I kind of felt that way realistically every year. I thought, well, I don't know if we're going to do another one. So I always approached it fresh. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret of lasting thirty years. It sounds like an immensely long time, but when you go year by year, it just flies by. It's amazing. Wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad that the Rippingtons have continued. Um, your journey and as I was saying to you before being in the business for 30 years and releasing 22 albums is a testament to you as the leader of the band the Rippingtons and your music and as you said the fans it all I think we owe it all to the fans Terry they are so loyal and such wonderful people and it amazes me that even last night we were in Houston in uh, Woodlands Texas and the fans are calling out songs from the very first album, and they're even before, you know, my, my Nocturnal Playground album. So the fans are incredibly loyal, and uh, for that we have to thank them. Oh, for sure. So um, tell us about True Stories and the story behind this. Well, I love the double entendre, uh, kind of the angles we use for our, for our titles, and uh, – the one thing I really love from True Stories, well, I, I suppose it's about the true story of the Rippingtons. It's kind of autobiographical in that we have lasted 30 years. Mm-hmm. But I love uh, the pop art that Bill Mayer has done on the covers, and he's just mm-hmm. a, a genius artist, and he's drawn all of these jazz cats for us over the years. And so it's it's become known to be our mascot. So the fun thing is to kind of to guide Bill in terms of what to draw every year. And so, for mm. example, on Black Diamond. The double entendre would be, well, there's a uh, black diamond is a ski slope, but on the cover, the, the jazz cat is stealing a diamond. So, you know, these double entendres. So for this album, I thought, well, 30 years, it's uh, true stories, but it's also wild tales, right? You know, you've got that dichotomy. So I love the idea of going back to this 40s comic book sci-fi art. And I said, Bill, you've got to draw the jazz cat. He's got to have octopus tentacles. And he's got to be terrorizing people on Mars. <laughs> and he said, oh, I know exactly what to do. So it's funny because he's influenced our vision as much as we've probably influenced what he's done. It's amazing. You, have you, I posted a review from the smoothjazzride.com um, about two stories. And Ronald Jackson made a sort of a comment about the cover, and I want to read that to you. He says, while the cover of the release, latest release from the Rippingtons featuring Russ Freeman may appear puzzling as you see the silhouette of supposedly terrified people with arms <laughs> raised in fear of the menacing large Godzilla-like image of the beloved jazz cat icon bearing a sinister grin, threatening teeth, tentacles, and obviously bad intentions. Be assured that the marvelous musical appeal of that repentance aesthetic is not at all compromised. I thought that was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, your jazz cat is is quite um, uh, popular and, and also popular with the fans as well. 
So we always, you know, we look forward to seeing whenever you guys release a new CD, we definitely look forward to seeing what the cat is up to on that cover. Well, we have to raise the bar every year, Terry. That's the important thing. <laughs> well, you guys are doing a great job at that for sure, for sure. Now, um, so you brought back some of the original members um, for this release. Tell us about them. Well, the most exciting thing, I think, for me, besides, of course, having this great band that plays with us, is that we have Brandon Fields, who was the original sax player. And what mm-hmm. I love about Brandon is that, you know, we kind of started our careers when we were kids together. And his phrasing is just, it's hard to describe how, how great he phrases. And we've discussed it. And he says, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he, he just has an affinity for playing the kind of music that I write, but I just love playing with him. So he's just a master of his instrument. And, and, and when we go to play these old classics that, that he played the records, it's just it's a wonderful feeling. And we've had a stellar list of incredible sax players. It's not to, uh, to, to say that all of them weren't outstanding, but uh, it's really great to have Brandon with us. Okay, and I love the song that Jeffrey Osborne is on, My Promise to You. That's a really nice song. It's a great song, and what a great vocal he did. Mm-hmm. But I have to, to give kudos to my uh, co-songwriter, who is a, uh, one of the most talented writers I know, who happens to also be my wife. She's a, a very successful pop songwriter. And okay. uh, I just love her writing. She's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh. so when Jeffrey heard the song, we, we sent him the demo, and he instantly said, I definitely want to cut this tune. And, no, well, he did uh, what I love job. about him is that he gave us so many uh, great uh, – he just gave a great vocal and a really wonderful reading of it. Mm, I agree. I agree. All right, so my co-host Mike Reynolds has joined us. Mike, um, say hello to Russ Freeman. Hey, Mr. Freeman. Hey, sorry. How's everything going today? Hey, Mike. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Okay, so Russ um, – when you write a song, do you write for the musician who will play it or the audience who will hear it? Wow, and, what a great question. <laughs> answer that Answer that in relation to true stories. That's a very, very well put question. Um, let me think about that. Well, if I know somebody's going to be playing, yeah, for example, um, a guest artist. Yeah. Uh, like mm-hmm. Joe Sample was uh, my hero, and so I wanted Joe to play on the, on the rips. And so I would basically kind of think, well, what would Joe enjoy playing? Uh, and we've had some really wonderful artists like uh, Kirk Whalem on sax. Um, and, and, and in Brandon's case, yeah, I mean, if I know how he's going to phrase or I have an idea textually how something's going to sound, I'll, I'll write for, for a player. And sometimes it's fun to write not knowing what somebody's going to bring to the party. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. every musician in their own chair always brings something new. So it's kind of my job as a producer to have some ideas beforehand, but also be open enough that things change and go in, a, in, in a, the direction uh, left or right to, uh, to be able to, to, to go with it. Okay. So and then definitely so with the song and when you're playing um, in front of an audience, you know, you definitely want that audience to feel what you're trying to convey in that song. So, um, and then you get that feedback from them. We were just talking about that this morning because it's funny. You've got, we, we've got this record and it's got all these, you know, the rec, rec, Rips albums are pretty well produced. There are a lot of different textures on them. 
And sometimes in a concert, you want to break things down and have more dynamic range. And so we'll we'll experiment with new, um, just with new uh, arrangements, and we'll change things up. And I think that's really exciting for the audience that you make them part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the more you involve the audience, I think it's more, it's just more gratifying for everybody. It's more fun and it's a great experience. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. Yes. All right. So now, thirty years uh, in the business, the Rippingtons, you guys have been together. What would you personally consider to be um, your most incisive moment in your work and or your career? <laughs> Well, these are tough questions. <laughs> uh, that's a, I don't even know how to answer that. Though there, there had to be one moment. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're all. There's a lot of great moments when you see the people responding. And for example, like this album, I, I'm amazed how how great the response has been. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah. Now, now I want to take it back on that too. Now, with the thirty years you've been out and everything doing music, and uh, you know, how have you adjusted to the the different ways of making music, and the um, you know the way that technology has changed the way not only you make music but the way you promote your music as well? How have you how have you adjusted to that? That's a great question, Mike. Um, well, you're right. Things have have drastically changed over the years, and I would say. Back in the late 80s when we started, there was no Internet. In fact, computers were just being uh, accepted, really, into the mainstream. Computers were kind of slow and clunky. And and uh, so we were one of the first bands ever to actually have a website. Um, we started our website way back when. And we always embraced whatever feeble technology existed at the time. And we always tried to integrate it in a human way, and I've still tried to do that. And it's questionable, you know, the success of each iteration of of technology. But I think the important thing is that it always comes back to human beings playing the music. Because now Mm -hmm. robots can play music, you know. We can have Mm -hmm. computers, and uh, it's become very mechanized. And so I think I realized early on as a composer that, the most successful instruments are going to be the time-proven ones. Acoustic stringed instruments are never going to go out of style. Uh, and so I really tried to gravitate towards classical guitar, acoustic guitar, acoustic piano, and keep those really prevalent in our mixes and stay away from stuff that, that would be really trendy sounding, you know, like drum machines are trendy. And you try, to, try to make music that will last over time, and that's what I've tried to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also... In the 80s, you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago, there were a million jazz stations across the country, and you had, you know, another outlet there to promote the music, and while we don't have that anymore, so the artists now have to be more creative in how they get their music out there and how they promote themselves and their music um, through social media and other outlets. Well, I've read a lot about that, actually, Terry, and it's funny because now, you know, one of the schools of thought is, well... Of course, there are less avenues to, to yeah. promote your music uh, with retail, but there's far more with social media. So mm-hmm. one of the arguments is that if you want to find out uh, an, an, uh, an artist from South Africa, for example, and playing some specific kind of music, you would have had to go to a specialty record store and find and be lucky enough that they might have had a turntable and let you listen to something. Otherwise, you just have to take somebody's 
opinion. You would never be able to find this. But now, in a Google search, you can probably find specifically what you want anywhere in the world in less than a minute. So there's been some huge advantages, I think, technologically as well. Okay. All right. Um, I want to read um, some more of the review from SmoothJazzRide.com. Ronald Jackson says, this supergroup definitely has no idea of what the word mediocrity means as it, again, shines through with its signature super superior quality blend of jazz, R&B, pop, rock, and Latin grooves on true stories. It's 30th anniversary celebratory project. Always aiming for the stars, the guys, these guys never miss. It's in the group's DNA. Take a listen, and you'll undoubtedly agree and clearly understand why they continuously defy time. It's a great review. You can read the full review on the smoothjazzride.com. Ronald does a great job on reviews. So, um, Definitely check that out. Now, um, we only have about 30 minutes. We have 30 minutes with Russ. Actually, we have maybe about 10, 20 minutes to go here. So I wanted to um, ask you about your um, photography and illustration. I saw on your website that you have like, what, 20,000, 30,000 photos that you're going to put together in a portfolio? <laughs> It's funny. I uh, used to have a lot of my artwork posted on my website, and then I changed it and took it down, and I've got more inquiries now that it's gone. And when yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, one of our, our hobbies, my wife and I, is to travel the world, and she mm -hmm. loves travel. So she's always like, let's go. <laughs> so I have these, you know, these beautiful cameras and all these great lenses. And so it's been my uh, hobby over the years to, to shoot, you know, sometimes – uh, panos or or high def, you know, some really nice photography throughout the world. And I thought this is something that it, it's worth sharing. Um, and so I, I had yet to put these things together. And I've also done illustration and paintings and things like this. So uh, I, I'm I'm really thankful for people uh, that are interested in it and getting uh, getting a charge from it. I appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah. I did go to the website to look for it and saw that post there. So now you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I have to go out and do it. Well, uh, my my latest project, we were in uh, off the island of Palma de Mallorca, Spain, and I had this gorgeous pano that I shot. And then I went and I shot almost the same thing at sundown, right right as dusk was coming. And I just loved the lighting. So I've been kind of locked in to try to figure out how to how to relight my uh, this painting that I want to do. <laughs> That's what's taking me forever now. So when I solve that problem, I'll have some more artwork to put up. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now, now, is any of your artwork for sale? Because I know um, saxophonist Murray Meadows is an artist as well, and he does art galleries and you know um, art shows and things like that. Have you uh, thought about doing that as well? Selling well, yes, artwork? sir. I I've posted uh, some things and sold some paintings. Um, and I just haven't been really focused on it recently. It's so funny. I'm getting tremendous amount of, of interest from it, though. So maybe I'll I'll repost these things and start selling the artwork again. Okay. All right. Um, I have a question for you from Catherine Gilrand. She sent this to me on Facebook email. Her favorite um, album is Topaz. And she wants to know what was writing Topaz like that was truly a magical album. Oh, that was a really fun record, and I was living in Colorado at the time, and I got really interested in the uh, the history of the American West. So I started reading all this history and about Native American 
Indian tribes, and and it just intrigued me, and I really wanted to get that flavor into the record. So I actually called uh, Tree Cody, who was a wonderful Native American flute player, and had him come and play on the record. And I just think that authentic sound added so much on the ambience of that record. It, it really is a lot of people's favorite. Okay. All right. Now, uh, my next question is, as a composer, have you written for television or film? <laughs> it's funny because that's kind of what my dream was. All I wanted to do was mm-hmm. be a film TV guy. And I never really totally broke into that that part of the business. Uh, the Rippingtons kind of took off before I could get my foot in the door. I was just uh-huh. starting to, though. I had a friend who worked at at um, the Warner Brothers Studios, and I'd always hang out with him. And uh, he's still a pal of mine. And uh, he said, you know, you were really close to getting a movie there once. But then all of a sudden the Rippingtons happened, and here we are 30 years later. I just can't believe how fast it went. Mm, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, um, Jazzy's magazine called Moonlighting the number one most influential contemporary jazz album of all time. That was nice. Yes, that's what they thought about Moonlighting. How? What was? What was it like writing that one? Moonlighting was incredible because it literally was. That's what we were doing. We were all starting our careers at the same time, and we were moonlighting. And the opportunity came to record this thing, and they said, well, do you want to do another Russ Freeman record? How do you want to handle this? And I thought, you know, we're having such fun playing together. We were jamming at the Baked Potato every Monday night, and all these crowds would come, and all the people were playing. And I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to, to do this as a band effort. So I thought, well, we'll call this the Rippingtons. We'll make this band, and we'll call it Moonlighting because everyone's busy building their 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 solo careers. Mm-hmm. And so it literally was one of these opportunities that comes once in a lifetime that grew into this this great success of this band, and and that's why it's so uh, rewarding to be a part of it. Mm, yes, the Rippingtons, you guys I mean, you've released 22 albums All of which have um, Went top five in the Billboard status With five of those reaching number one So you guys are Doing something right <laughs> Well, I, I, I have to say it, It's all up to the fans, you know They're the yeah. ones that, that drive it They're the ones that, that make it possible for us mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and you know, my last question would be, uh, you know, with you, like I said, uh, being an innovator and uh, one of the uh, original smooth jazz artists to come out and kind of, you know, pave the way for this uh, genre. How? What is your outlook for the future of the genre? Uh, that's a good question, um, and I think if you even widen that to say what the future of music specifically, um, because I think genres are kind of colliding and 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 I think maybe that's a that's a good thing uh when when artists cross genres and and collaborate I think that's the most exciting part of music um and I think that's that's something that we've always tried to do to to bridge the gap between like maybe world music R&B pop rock and and it's funny because people love many different styles of music no one just is pigeonholed into liking only opera or classical or hard rock. People like a a variety of music. So I think overall things are going to be okay. I mean, um, I'd like to see more, more 
education in the schools, you know, music yeah. education, yeah. That, that's gone, and that, that's a really worrisome thing. Yeah, I agree with you right. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All it's right, so where uh, – go ahead. I was going to say I meet so many adults who said, well, I started playing piano or violin when I was a kid, and I regret not doing it. So I've always thought most people, if not everybody, has musical talent. You know, it's a human yeah. – it's a human nature. It's just you've got to develop it and believe in it and and, and cultivate it. But I, I believe many people are, are musically gifted. Mm, okay. So now where are the Rippingtons playing next? We're going to be in Oakland at Yoshi's uh, in about three weeks. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for giving us an opportunity to speak with you. Let everyone know where they can find you and the Rippingtons on the web. Uh, Rippingtons.com. All right. And uh, the True Stories is available now. So you can find that also on Rippingtons.com, iTunes, and Amazon. So definitely check this one out. And um, I'm going to play some music from this uh, release, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're going to let Mr. Um, Mr. Freeman go and do his thing today. And we thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, much. Terry and Mike. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. You have a great day. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Russ Freeman of the Whippingtons. Their new release is called True Stories. It is a 30th anniversary release. They are celebrating 30 years. Um, congratulations wow. to them for that. Yes. Um, the website, Whippingtons. Yeah, definitely. Rippingtons.com. Russ Freeman also has a website, RussFreeman.com. And then you can follow them on Twitter at Rippingtons and RFreeman1098. So, um, Mike, unless you have another comment or so, I'm going to get right into some music. Um, No, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, it's a blessing that Mr. Freeman and the Rippingtons can celebrate 30 years of music and good music, too. uh, Yes. Like I said, with the new CD and... uh, like I said, they've been doing it for a while, and uh, they they always put a great show when you know whenever I go see them and everything. But uh, like I said, congratulations on 30 years, and I uh, like the guys go out and support the music definitely. For sure, for sure. All right, so the first song is Wild Tales. <laughs>
great track right there. That is Wild Tales, and I do believe that was the first single released from True Stories. I really like that one a lot. Yeah, um, again, nice. yeah, again, you can find that at com, iTunes, and Amazon. All right, so um, I had mentioned that Jeffrey Osborne is doing the only vocal on the CD. It's called My Promise to You, which was also co-written by Russ's wife. So I'm going to play that one next. This is My Promise to You. How could I have left you alone and never heard you at all when you needed me most? How could I be such a fool? How could I forget you were mine? All the memories locked deep inside I'm Well, to you, girl, from 
That was My Promise to You featuring Jeffrey Osborne off of the Rippington's new release, um, uh, True Stories. I want to say Wild Tales on True Stories. Um, Joe in the chat room said he was wondering if this was written as a wedding song. Well, it definitely could have been. Um, I think it fits for sure. I think that definitely would have fit for a wedding, so that could that would have been a great question to ask Russ. Now, unfortunately, we only had 30 minutes with Russ, um, so um, if you missed any part of that interview, you can always go to the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com, and, uh, or, or BlogTalkRadio.com, and search for Russ Freeman, and you can hear that uh, first 30 minutes of the interview. The link will also be on our Talking Smooth Jazz page on Facebook as well. All right. Mike, you have any comments so far? Uh, no comments. Like I said, enjoying the music. Like that last, the last two tracks you played were very nice. So, uh, yeah, very nice. I like, I like Wild Tales definitely. I like that one. All right, the next one is Sundance.
So according to the press release for True Stories, Sundance um, featuring the lyrical saxophone Brandon Fields and Blues Field and Rocking and Guitar Lines of Freeman. Sundance reminds me of the hard work of songwriting. Sometimes you have to make yourself grind it out and you get lucky. This song is perfect for the live band Shares Freeman, who will be taking True Stories on the road this summer. So that was Sundance um, from their new release, True Stories. I like the CD. I, I'm, I'm feeling the CD already, so this is really good. Now, the favorite, uh, his favorite on this release is called um, Flamingo Beach, and this is also according to the press release. So I'm going to play that one next.
that was Flamingo Beach. And uh, according to the press release, Russ Freeman wrote about this song. An avid traveler and lover of culture, Freeman takes us on a journey to Spain as he pays homage to the Spanish tradition of Andalusia, the southern region where Islamic and indigenous music flourish. The majestic and arresting Flamingo Beach is a composition that Freeman says played in his head until he finally sat down to write it. So he must have had that in his head a long time. (laughs) Well, that's a nice tune. Again, that is called Flamingo Beach. All right, the next song is called Dream Catcher.
All right, that was Dreamcatcher from the Rippington's new release, Wild Stories. True Stories. I keep wanting to say Wild Tales. True Stories is the name of the new CD. (laughs) Yes. All right. All right, Mike. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show with another song. Um, Unless there is something that you, you know, you have a comment or something you want to say. Last, any last words? Um, No last, no no, no comments. Uh, Just want everybody to be on the lookout for uh, David P. Stevens' new CD, uh, Love City, which will be released uh, July the 9th and everything. Uh, like I said, we're going to be um, we're taking pre-orders now for the CD. And uh, the CD okay. features Najee, um, Pamela Williams, Joaquin Joyner, Lynn Roundtree, and other uh, artists and everything. So it's going to be a good CD. And um, All right. one more thing, my buddy Andre Delano is playing in Charlotte tonight with Babyface at the uh, Babyface Audition Show. So, yeah. Oh, I would love to see them together. I would love to see them together. Yeah. Maybe they can. Maybe they'll make it to the you know, West Coast sometime soon. Okay, cool. All right, and we are interviewing David on Monday, July fourth. Yes, a holiday. That's he's traveling, so that's when he's available. So we're going to interview him at one p.m. Pacific on Monday, July fourth, about his new CD, Love City. So if you can tune in for, uh, to that, please do. All right, I'm going to close the show with another song. This one is called Wonderland. And uh, you've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. Let me quickly thank Cheryl Feuerstein for her assistance in scheduling Russ Freeman. Thank you, Cheryl. And also thank you, Joe, for hanging out with us again in the chat room. We love you. And I'm always happy to see you with us. All right. Have a great day, Mike. I will talk to you later. All right. This is Wonderland.
thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.